0: For this episode, we'll be talking about The Cramps, Songs the Lord Taught Us. In the room, I have Anne. Hey. And on the line, I have Rob. Sup. Ben. Hello. And Kyle. Stick out your can, because I'm the garbage man. <laughs> songs the Lord <laughs> Taught Us is the first album by the American punk rock band, The Cramps. It was released in 1980 on IRS Records in America and Illegal Records in England. The producer was... Alex Chilton, and the genre is garage, punk, and psychobilly, and I'm going to read from the book, Theonius Bates. Songs the Lord Taught Us celebrates the trashiest elements of 20th century Americana. The Cramps debuted chewed up rockabilly riffs, punk rebellion, and B-movie imagery and spat out a gloriously primitive gob of rock no- rock and roll noise. To capture their warped vision, the group headed to Sam C. Phillips Studio in Memphis where Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis cut early tracks. The song sounded at once nostalgic and incredibly fresh. TV set, the wickedly funny tale of a girlfriend slaughtering psycho rolls along on a surf beat punctuated by singer Lex Interiors, Lupine, Howling, and guitarist Poison Ivy's Punk Noise. I Was a Teenage Werewolf and the Mad Daddy, a tribute to rock and roll DJ Pete Myers' sound like transmission straight from Dracula's Lair, thanks to layers of echo piled on by producer Alex Chilton. Songs the Lord Taught Us should have been a smash. Critics rave, but problems in the band nicks any chance of success during a 1980 tour of the United States guitarist Brian Gregory drove off with a van full of their equipment uh, sold to fund his growing drug addiction and was never seen by the band again. It may have been a flop, but songs the Lord taught us exerted a huge influence. It showed groups like the gun club and the birthday party that they did not have to burn rocks back catalog, just reinvent it in their own twisted way. All right. What do we think of the cramps? Songs the Lord taught us. I
1: wrote, I wrote down that this is the album that launched a thousand rat rods and at least 200 local pinup calendars printed by Vistaprint.
0: <laughs> it's true. And,
2: Birch, but, I didn't know that that's how Brian Gregory left the band. Yeah, <laughs> I <they> didn't
0: either. <laughs> yeah. It's a bold move, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a, a heroin addiction, and he got along okay with the band, but it definitely... He he definitely bailed on the band. Let's just say that
1: yeah, it's a really g- good way to quit. <laughs> Rob, I hear what
0: you're saying on that, but I, I compare the Cramps to one of the, you know, they are to rockabilly, modern psychobilly, whatever you want to call it, as a band like Rage Against the Machine is to rap rock. I mean, they are the they're everybody looks up to them, but no one can do what they do.
2: I really like the Cramps. That are, are we getting more cramps or is this nope, really cramps? no? This, this, is, this is it. I think that I like other cramps albums better than songs. The Lord taught us, but I get, I I get that in 1980, even though they're not really inventing a genre, they're just reinventing a genre. Uh, I, I I get why this made a big splash in 1980. I think they have stronger albums later in their career when they're not the two guitar drums set up, when they're more guitar-based drums, when they f- when they kind of phase from horror pop more to, like, sexual double entendres.
0: Yep, that's the Stay Sick era. Mm-hmm. I,
2: yeah, yeah, I like... I prefer that era of The Cramps, but this is also a band that I like, and I'm kind of just uh, picking on them a little bit.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, I wish we had another album by The Cramps. It would... I would, I would love that, but I completely understand that this is the album that launched. This is the one that came out and showed everybody what the cramps were about. Um, they strayed from that a little, but this is one of those albums. It's like the first uh, Ramones album. You know, it it shows what they're about, and yeah, it's a mission statement. Absolutely, they didn't go in in a direction so far outside, like maybe the Beatles or, you know, some of those other bands that really like wanted to reinvent themselves. They knew exactly what they were doing. And, uh, and so I understand why, why this album is here.
3: Yeah. I'd like to piggyback on what Ben said. Um, cause I, I had just mentioned in the previous episode that I've had the big beat from Badsville stuck in my Jeep for the past three months. Um, yep. uh, the production on this is what kind of turned me off on this record for a long time. Not turned me off, but um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the, the vocals, you know, unless you look at the lyrics, it's it's hard to know exactly what's going on. Like um, the first song, you know, TV set. I was like, oh, all right, you know, TV set, rock and roll. And then, you know, I cut off your head and put it in my TV set. I use your eyeballs for dials in my TV set. That's fucking rad. And like... <laughs>
4: It's so good. <laughs> Roll you yeah, the rug, and,
3: right? <laughs> like. yeah, and casually listening to it, I recognize that Fever was a cover, but you know, looking through this, like it's so bizarre. Like uh sunglasses after dark is lyrics, you know, from one song and music, so it's like two covers in one. Yeah, they, uh, they but it's
2: grey riff over an old Whitey Pullen
3: song. Yeah, which is cool. And yeah. and I know it's I don't know, like this record's great, but it's, it's kind of like you have to see them live. Like, their live show is what made them. Like, It's true. And it it, it captures that a lot, I think. You know, it, it's stark and it's sparse and it's creepy. But um, this album's really funny, too. Like, what's behind the mask? I never actually paid attention <laughs> to the lyrics of that song. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm.
0: The sort of B-movie, fr- you were saying fried chicken, southern rockabilly culture all baked into one gooey mess. It's it's wonderful. I will say the only uh obviously we can't see them live, but a good uh supplement is just uh getting tanked and playing this at full volume at midnight to <laughs> 2 a.m. uh is is a good substitute cuz it is wonderful music to play very loud. Um mm-hmm. it, it It uh, really—I don't know—I don't know what there is. There's an energy, there's a primal energy that I think the cramps really hone in on uh, for a lot of their songs, and it it, cranking it up just this feels really good.
4: They're having a party that you can listen to anytime you want.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was just gonna say Poison Ivy is so badass, and her guitar tone is brutal and awesome and everything that she does rules
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i it, when i first what started, a power couple absolutely amazing power couple <laughs>
3: love it speaking of power couple somebody's got to mention that uh ann and burch's first cat together is is lux interior mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> little lux
0: Yep, fan <laughs> big fan of the cramps <laughs> damn this band i'll stay here and talk until two in the morning about this band
4: rob what do you have to say we haven't heard much from you a
0: couple of things
1: um first just a little history about them like they met southern california because they loved record collecting and then they uh they moved from there to akron ohio in 1975 so the cramps were active in the same town as Devo at the yep. exact same time they were there, which yep. I thought was freaking cool, and I did not know that. And then they landed in New York City. Yeah, man, I would have absolutely seen that shit. Um, then they landed in New York City and uh, you know hit CBGB, and that was uh that was that. Um, I like I I really like this record. Um, I like Alex Chilton's production value. I think it's a little front loaded. I think the majority of the songs that I'm super into are on the first half, and the second half is not quite as uh, strong. In, in my most humble of opinions. And uh, as far as like covers of Fever are concerned, I only recognize Dick Dale's, so that that gets pushed aside. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I I love I love the things that are happening in my ears right now, though it's, it's very good. I, but I do have the problem. And the association with the rat rod culture in this and like those, they're, they're intertwined and it's not their fault. Yeah. But No, man, that's a, it's, un- that's a, it's a subculture. I just don't get I don't yeah. get
0: it. It's an unfortunate, uh, idea that, that sort of something they create. I mean, it's so it speaks to how innovative and how you know they could bring something back and it spawns so many others. But at the same time, it yeah you're right it does devolve into something that I I don't identify necessarily as the same sort of a genre that the cramps were were going mm-hmm. for. Plus, they're a one of a kind. I mean, Lux, who's six uh, three in heels and writhing around on the ground sometimes and black underwear sometimes and uh, pants that are barely staying on. I mean, with his hair frizzed out and wearing, he's doing drag, you know, and this is something that the the modern sort of uh, uh, rat rod culture is, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they would completely dismiss. No, not really
4: interested in gender subversion, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> per se. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but the cramps were literally the, you know, the stooges meets, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis, they are shit. Yeah. They're, they make something innovative and and interesting that I think that some of those bands, um, uh, kind of don't follow.
4: Like, I feel like to me, the raunchy energy of this is separate from that in a lot of ways. Like this is completely unbuttoned and a lot of that stuff feels really buttoned up and like predictable in different ways. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah. To take the the loosey goosey approach to, to fifties rock and roll mix in some double feature B movie horror imagery. And, uh, and, and, and you, you, you've got some soup.
1: Do you think that garbage man, uh, thing, uh, that little, like, uh, you know, I, I forget the actual lyrics. So I didn't write it down, but like, do you think they were dissing on the misfits about what's punk? <laughs> 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 and in doing the whole like horror like uh, like genre thing. No, that's that's me oh, just
3: no. I mean, no. I guess I,
4: I didn't really think about it. I think that I, I mean it's true because like this is horror punk in a way that's very unserious about itself and the misfits are yeah. pretty serious about themselves, right? So it's mm-hmm. like two sides of a similar idea. And I love the misfits, but I probably prefer this, right? Yeah. Like I feel like
0: yeah, I have to... It's more fun. Yeah, I I think that the... That whole element comes in just with their... I mean, we see it with other bands like Reverend Horton Heat and in these different uh, what you could call psychobilly Billy uh, bands because they were so obsessed with just this pop culture, this Elvis, Carl Perkins, uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis culture and they they wanted to exploit that in in a way. Uh, once when you know Lux, he had uh, once he found Rockabilly. He said he couldn't listen to anything else. There was something about it that just really drove him. And you were saying you know he he picked up lyrics from one song. He picked up uh, the tunes from another song, and that's because they're crate diggers. Him and Poison Ivy oh, are yeah. are yeah. literally like. They're seeking out the 45s of the most obscure, most interesting, kind of these local bands who never made it on the main stage, uh, just recorded 45s in their hometown playing this rockabilly, the the first iteration of what they thought rock and roll was, they seek that stuff out. And that's why it, it has all these different influences sort of melded together into into what they're doing. Also it does, I don't know if it does them a service or disservice. I love a lot of their covers, but sometimes I think it, their albums are a little cover heavy because they are so in love with uh, the old bands and, and wanting to, you know, promote these, these older songs.
3: Oh, yeah, I couldn't tell if that was just kind of them trying to maintain their fidelity with their live shows. Cause their live shows are, we're also, you know, very cover heavy. I'm sorry Rob.
1: Oh no. Um, going back to their crate digging Birch. Um, am I mistaken? Like the, is their label like IRS? Is that, is that their Mm -hmm. their label? And weren't, weren't they just like putting out a whole bunch of like reissues of those like things? Wasn't that kind of like their bread and butter? Like in the, uh, early two thousands up until, I I don't know if, uh, Ivy's still doing the, uh, doing it herself, but like, yeah, just, like, saving those things, like, from, like, complete yep. obscurity
2: and ruin. and like IRS was doing that? Yeah. Um, That's cool. Cause they're also early REM, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were a, a reissue label uh, for a while, Rob. I remember them putting out some of those those early things. I don't know how much the cramps actually were involved in deciding that, but I do know that, I mean, Lux was a... What would you say? He, he he would spread the gospel of rockabilly as far as he could because he had his own radio sh- show, the Purple uh, Knife Show, and he he you know basically anyone who would listen he would he would play uh, all these rare obscure uh, uh, rock and roll albums. I mean it's just like this album is is uh, also a reference to the, his 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 deep dives his gems that he found you know songs the lord taught us it's a play on words but it's also about you know these older pulling these older rockabilly and uh rock and roll ideas and bringing it to a modern like punk modern at the time punk uh element
2: think it's really cool that in 1980 they're doing a a, a Sonics cover, because I have a feeling that, uh, that Sonics were in a household name in the 80s. Uh, I'm imagining that any national recognition that the Sonics were getting was probably coming on the heels of some of those Rhinos releases from the 90s. You know? Uh, <laughs> so it's really cool to hear a band like the Cramps covering Strychnine uh, in 1980. It definitely shows that they have been doing their research on their history and their roots. That being said, I prefer the Sonics version of Nine yeah. <laughs> a lot more than yeah, the I Cramps do. version of Strict Yeah, I do
0: too. Huge Cramps fan, but it, 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 I do. Course, I mean, yeah. and it's mainly due to their, uh, their horns, you know. Basically the guitar tone.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the horns. That
2: horny the, ass guitar. <laughs> the horny guitar. <laughs> Sonics had a saxophone, didn't they?
0: Yeah, saxophone.
2: And just that, that the Sonics version of Strickenine, it just it it's rowdy and it feels like it's going off the rails. Uh, the Cramps version of 9 is one of the more subdued tracks on this album.
4: Yeah, it's interesting because that's going off the rails is definitely a Cramps thing,
2: but yeah,
4: it right? does it feels sort of stayed and held back, and that's probably part of that's probably just because of our familiarity with the Sonics version, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. At least for me that's what's going on with that probably. Not that it's not held back, but just that like I wouldn't have that association if I hadn't heard yeah. it so much before.
2: Like it like I'm it, I'm sure LA has some <clears throat> great record stores in the 80s. I'm sure Akron does and New York City does as well. But it it just it's it's cool hearing a band from this era covering an a yet to get their comeuppance band from the 60s, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Uh, they did have a couple of problems in the studio where they they couldn't get as much time as they wanted. Uh, Alex Chilton wanted them to re-record certain songs. They weren't getting good tones. Um, Also, the when they were mixing, the engineers wouldn't even stand by and and listen to the music. They would just say, "I can't listen. This is just distortion." Um, (laughs) Obviously, you know they're recording in Sun Studios where all these Rock, Polished rock and roll. People, yeah, po- yeah they, they, these these we're, people wear, were,
1: wearing their lab coats.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they were not expecting the cramps to show up and push these elements, you know, to the to the nth degree. Um, but yeah, I think there was a, a bit of problem with that. I still think it, they did a pretty good job um, on the album. It sounds it sounds lo fi, but but very much like an old sun record.
2: It's cool that they went to Memphis to record this record, given their style.
0: I think, I think, yeah. <clears throat> and given I was thinking their,
2: their, their idols, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that was good, a good move because I think it got it out of their system in a way. Cause you, you know that they're going to want to do it at some point. So just, just doing it, ha- having recording some of these covers, um, and, and just kind of getting that out there makes perfect sense. So, uh, ma, ma,
2: ma, 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 ma. ooh, pow, pow. <laughs>
0: Sorry,
3: <laughs> Ann and Birch. I kind of, I kind of defer upon you guys as, as the big Cramps fans in my life. Um, Birch, I remember you telling me ten years ago, if you ever see a Cramps final, like buy it. Yeah. Um, what, what would you guys consider your favorite Cramps
0: records? Do you have one? I don't know. It's hard for me to decide, but Stay Sick is one that uh, I go back to a lot. I mean, it's got bikini girls and machine guns. It's when they start. They transition to you know, bass guitar, uh, bot Pills. It's it's got a lot. Um, I do like the modern era stuff though, uh, Flame Job and uh, Big Beats from Big Beat from Badsville. I mean, those are those are actually very good sonically uh, yeah. r- recorded albums. But I there's something about Look Mom No Head. And stay sick that are kind of in the sweet spot for me, where it's it's still really rough, but it has um it ha- has a bit more polish. It has a bit more
4: experience, ex- yeah,
0: it. thing going yeah. for it. If if someone were to get into the cramps though, and just be like, I just want to, wh- you know, kind of which album should I start with? Maybe off the bone because it has Human Fly. It has mm-hmm. I was a teenage werewolf. It's kind of a compilation so it has a really good entry point between covers original material and it's very it typifies you know kind of what they're doing does that answer the question (laughs) i think you answered the
2: question i listened to to a lot of cramps in my in my bloomington days uh uh, so just to, to add on to what you were saying birch absolutely uh stay sick and big beat are big ones up there I also really liked. I remember I, I listened to a lot of "Date with Elvis" and uh, and I, I really like rocking and reeling in Auckland, New Zealand.
0: Oh yeah! <laughs> Didn't even think about the the live ones. It, the live one, yeah, yeah. The live stuff is obviously sick. Yeah, the only problem with the live is the recording is is not quite there. It it just the you know you don't get you get the attitude, the energy, but you it's sonically, it can be a little hard to listen to. Like a wife. Uh I got plenty more facts. Where do I start? <laughs> do you guys want me to just keep talking?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah go for it. Okay. Really so, fun fact.
0: Uh, Yeah, I love the quote from Lux. He says, I have I just always liked obscure things, strange name, and once I found Rockabilly, I just couldn't listen to anything else. He thought that rock and roll, early rock and roll, held m- mystic power. It was visceral, erotic, almost... Uh, Uh, transcendental uh he says rockabilly should have inspired something to happen that was so great so passionate so sexual that it should have been taking us to another place um so he was a i mean he's a a
4: big boner for this yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. advocate for it (laughs) um yeah it in first when i heard uh poison ivy's guitar playing i kind of perked up my ears you know early on when i was listening to the cramps i thought what is going on she is not a good guitar player and then i listened more and more and more and it's such an interesting way of playing guitar that i i i couldn't believe after a while i i was like i would rather hear this guitar playing over someone that is just noodling endlessly Eric Clapton style. Uh, it's, it's something about it that really stuck with me that I started to appreciate, um, her guitar playing and the sort of demeanor between her and, and Lux. She's sort of this ice cold, uh, queen and he's this rowdy, uh, Wriggling, sweaty guy that's bouncing around the stage, it's great. Her
2: her guitar playing, like uh, like regardless of what her technical skill level might be, her guitar playing just oozes confidence and like bravado. You know, she just she she just just slinging. She just slinging on stage. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I love the mythology of this band. Like I was reading an NPR write up on Poison Ivy and. I found out that she met Lux uh, hitchhiking, yeah. which is so cool.
0: Like, <laughs> late awesome.
3: 70s, she's just hitching a ride, and Lux Interior pulls up, and you want to start a horror rockabilly band? All right, yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 so cool. It's, it's like a Lady Gaga cool. video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they definitely have... Said that you know they would be a mess without each other. They you know finding like minded people um, to do their weird art you know and music is is really influential in in, in their life and really kept them going too. It, I mean it would be really hard to to be in a to to be so free sort of on stage and uh, without having other members that are completely on board and supportive. Uh, I do want to mention their 1978 concert <laughs> for the California State Mental Hospital yes. in Napa. Here we go. Here we so, go.
4: It's a great YouTube video, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> check it out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in June of 78, they packed up their gear, drove 3,000 miles across the country from the home in New York City to the Napa State Mental Hospital, uh, where they agreed to play a free gig for the inmates. Uh, it's all recorded you can yeah I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or someplace else uh, but it's gone down as rock and roll history is one of the weirdest ever staged uh, events and then I love Lux when he gets there and he says some somebody told me that you people are crazy but I'm not so sure that's about that he says you look you seem all right to me and they uh, they get into it and it's a it's an it's a great show. So yeah. they,
2: they got that gig before having a debut album?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, that's 1978. Cool. I, I was surprised by that, too. They had done a lot of things, um, had uh, seven inches and, and some other material, but they were around for a while, and it, it took a while to get this, this album going.
2: Man, I, I know the Cramps wear their influences on their sleeve, but uh, we were just listening to the track I'm Cramped, and that's just psychotic reaction, isn't it? Dang <laughs> Yeah. which I think actually cramps might cover psychotic reaction on a later album
4: <laughs> they got a lot of they got some riffs that are similar to some riffs they, got, they,
2: got, they, they, they get some mileage out of that garage rock <laughs> did you guys look up
1: what Cryscout thought of this record
4: <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> tell us what no.
2: Cryscout oh, thought
1: no. of this record <laughs> Rob yeah. Uh, okay. yeah so yeah uh, his review from 1980 from the time they stormed a jaded and hence novelty hungry cbgb two or three years ago they've been a joke that wears thin before it's over tv set and garbage man and a couple of others are everything they're supposed to be archetypically rockin', outrageously funny but when the songs are neither or even only the band's inability to sing, play, produce, or prance around your living room detracts significantly from your pleasure. Then you stop listening altogether. B minus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> B minus. B-. 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 So minus.
0: Love it. What do we? Right. I think that's a, <laughs> that's pretty accurate, actually. It's. I mean, it's it's harsh, but I. Yeah. I partially agree. I don't know.
4: I don't know though. It's it's not easy to bottle a party and put it into a music. <laughs> it's
0: true. It's hard to unless you're the B
2: fifty twos. Yeah.
4: Well, but <laughs> or but anytime or WK. I sure, but like when that happens, it's very excellent. It's lightning inside of a bottle. You know, like that's great.
0: I think it's uh, something about this band. It's hard to quantify just how off the rails it, it it actually is i mean it's i mean we're listening to tear this place up i mean in its you can you can hear it on the record but jeez it, it's it's like trying to pers- trying to grab a hold of, of the style of the cramps is like impossible you, you can be like yeah it's just crappy uh, Uh, Elvis, or whatever rockabilly band you want to say, but they're beyond that. I don't know.
4: Agree to disagree, Chrisco. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
0: Yeah, I remember the
3: first time I heard of the Cramps. It was uh, the mid-90s when I was in high school. Uh, Rob, it was Chris Jenkins. Mm -hmm. He had an issue of, I think, Maximum Rock and Roll, maybe, and there was a write-up of the Cramps, and it was like Looks interior deep throat of the microphone. We were like, "What? That's scandalous!"
4: <laughs> it is scandalous. Everyone should watch. Yeah, it.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's so, it. I mean, that was that was my first. What's up with this band? They seem dangerous and cool. And that's
0: kind of their thing, right? Yeah. Like that's his move. Cool. What? Yeah. yeah. They're
4: gonna take you to rock and roll sex church.
0: Yeah, one of his uh, like it. his uh, specialty, his moves was the uh, microphone, quote unquote, microphone blowjob, where he could get the entire head of a SM fifty eight microphone in his mouth, which is pretty big. I mean, it's it's big.
4: a big mouth, almost I the
0: mean. size of a, I guess, a fist.
4: Are you gonna show us with the podcast mic right now?
0: Yeah, Keep going <laughs> going. Ah, yeah. are you gonna show us with, with, with your with
2: your blue snowball? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, if anybody hasn't al- already googled uh, Erg a "erga music war," tear this place up, and watch the cramps video. I mean, that thing—that his is... pants
4: somehow <laughs> stay on, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to stay on.
2: Are they black or are they leopard? They yeah.
4: are leather pants that he cl- he cut the waistband off, and then like maybe three more inches. So it's just like <laughs> it's just it's mesmerizing (laughs) you just keep waiting
3: (laughs)
0: you shiver with anticipation
4: exactly no it's it's perfect it is the performance is so good
0: yeah it's as low as you could possibly get on someone's body without being uh without showing the naughty bits there has to
4: be some tape going on in there is all i can say
0: and it's unbelievable <laughs> the way they ramp up and uh, get crazy with the crowd. It's, it's one of the most striking uh, videos you'll, you'll see of a performance. I do want to say their first tour uh, after, you know, this album was supporting the police what? in the UK. <laughs> so I'd love to see Sting and Lux uh, just. Uh, Those seem like <laughs>
4: real conflicting types of sexual energy. <laughs> Is that they are? I mean, it seems like
2: conflicting types of a fan base as well.
1: Does that mean that Erg of Music War was recorded like at the, like that was just the show that they were both playing?
4: No, I, no.
0: no, 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 different okay. shows. No, but but yeah, same you, Kyle, same no, Rob. <laughs> I hate Absolutely you. not.
2: <laughs> Birch, and Ann, you're you're like you're my spooky friends. Uh-huh. Is there? Thanks, <laughs> Thanks. <a> sp- Recognize <laughs> it, it is,
1: is. They give out full size candy bars at Halloween. That's how Every, spooky that's it.
2: how it's true. Spooky. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it like. I know that you guys, just cause I know some of the bands you like would fit in the Venn diagram, but is there much of like a Venn diagram overlap of like the goth scene and like the horror punk, like psychobilly stuff, like cramps stuff. Cause they like the style stylistically, if you put them in a lineup, you know, put, put Dave Vaney and, Lux interior in a lineup and they could, they could be in the same band.
0: Yeah. The dam- I would say the damned and the cramps, Absolutely are there. You it starts to fall off though. I think when it becomes the cure and Susie and the Banshee Susie and Banshee's might kind of straddle, but once it becomes bands like the cure, it falls off. It has okay. it has relevant uh, well, there's like
4: an 80s polish to a lot of that stuff yeah. that like goes in a different direction, right?
0: Yeah. And I would say the camp, the sort of punk element. The sort of punk elements of the the Damned and the Cramps and and some of these other bands are don't don't carry over to uh, the more serious uh, uh, emotional lyrics of of bands like The Cure.
2: Oh, and I I googled it. Cramps absolutely do cover "Psychotic Reaction" on "Smell of Female" in 1983. Hmm. I mean, they already knew the riff. Yeah. Sure.
0: Right now we're listening to an intro to I Was a Teenage Werewolf, and Lux is berating someone who walked into the studio.
4: Oh, yeah, this is the extra stuff on Spotify, or like on the extended. Like,
0: no one walks in on the cramps while they're recording. (laughs) Like a proto-Christian Bale. I did think it was interesting, too. Obviously, they have two guitars. They didn't uh, get a bass until three albums after this but what they do rely on in early rockabilly relies on is emphasis on the bass and toms to uh to make up for that it's a simple uh trick but it, it gives the air of a sort of like menace with a entrance like effect where you're not missing the bass as much because they're they're uh, heavily relying on on the toms and bass
2: Shout out to Nick Knox.
0: So, uh, I Was a Teenage
3: Werewolf. Love this song. I didn't know that it was uh, based on a very specific movie called I Was a Teenage Werewolf starring Michael Landon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: did
0: you guys know that? Yes. No. I did not but know. Only that. because of Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right on. Yeah.
2: Excellent. We should is watch this, it. Is, is there an MSC pre- Little house on the prairie, yeah. Michael Landon.
0: Yes. Yes.
4: He look. He looks like a werewolf. I, f- I believe it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this is obviously just uh, is it Dwayne Eddy's twangy guitar? Uh, I mean, they just, it's it's a straight ripoff, but at the same time, it's they they do such a good job of uh reinventing these things. They don't make things new, but they make things interesting. It's so good.
2: And I can't blame them. Those are great riffs. Man, back in the 50s when not everything had been done and you could have an iconic riff using just two chords, just back and forth. <laughs> and and for, for then on, those two chords played next to each other would just be known as the Link Ray riff. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the those, those, were the,
2: those were
1: the days <laughs> yeah you're talking about the days where uh, Larry King R.I.P. was a janitor and the, uh, the dude that was on the radio was like I quit and the radio man was like
2: go out Larry King come on yeah, you got talk yeah. on the radio
1: for a while and
2: that's right, how well, he became whatever. I guess I can finish mopping later <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I'm just a white man <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Poison Ivy and Lux were obsessed with early rock and roll, all the contemporaries, artifacts, lowbrow culture, movie, movies, sexploitation flicks, serial killers, pinup girls, type of comic books that represent a contributing factor of juvenile delinquency. The things they left to imagination, werewolves, UFOs, man-sized insects, were more fascinating still. Like John Waters or Rocky Horror Picture Show, the cramps attracted a cult following their work, Lux once said, as a rallying point for certain kinds of people to come together and for certain kinds of people to stay out. Songs <laughs> the Lord Taught Us is a point of no return, the foundational document of Psychobilly, a loud, theatrical, noticeably unpolished album with the tongue-in-cheek, Sense of humor of the macabre that became the band's signature. That's from Pitchfork. It's from Pitchfork.
4: Ah, uh, Pitchfork. Read the first review too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. Love the cramps. Mm-hmm. Listen to, I mean, they can take a song like shortening bread and make it
2: <laughs> amazing.
0: I <love> that one. <laughs> That's 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 what they had me when when I heard shortening bread by the cramps. It just sh- you can they tear it up, dude. They tear it up, <laughs> which is insane that just such a simple song. They can just uh, twist and, and make their own. i yeah,
1: listen say, to the cramps.
0: Yeah, listen
3: to the cramps. Um, I know that um, this is a weird time in American life, but uh, if things ever return to normal and you're having a party. Play the cramps. Mm-hmm. True. You're having to cook. Put on the cramps. <laughs> driving people around. Put on the cramps. Roll down the windows. <laughs> You're the coolest car.
2: That's right. You, you <laughs> know, driving your <laughs> mom to <laughs> church. Put on the cramps.
3: Put on the cramps.
2: <laughs> mom, these are some songs the Lord told us.
3: <laughs> you know, nobody's gonna frown. You put on the cramps. No. Oh. Huh. Uh. Just Christ,
1: cattle.
4: <laughs> right. When well, I do like. But what you just read. It's like for some people to be welcomed in, and some people to stay out. Right? It's for weirdos in certain ways. It you is. Know, yeah. crap.
3: Stay out. Exactly. You don't need them at their at, at
0: your cookout. Yeah. It, it's. <laughs> it's You'll it's find like your
4: own hot dogs. <laughs> it, it's yeah. the family
0: before the family, right, Rob? Yes.
1: Family before family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> family. Family. Whoop yes. whoop. God. <laughs> just this.
3: you didn't fuck up (laughs)
2: uh if we are ready to go around the room which i think that we are Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go positive on this one i like the cramps a lot i if we had gotten one or two more cramps albums to compare this one to i don't know i this i I mentioned earlier it's not my favorite Cramps album. I think that, in my opinion, I think they really hit their stride later. But A, we're not getting anymore. And B, you know, uh, trying to look at it with, uh, with like 1980 eyes uh, and just something like this coming out of the blue. I'm going to give it a positive. This is a really fun album. Just put it on and turn it up and rock out. And if you like this, you will really like the rest of their career.
3: I mean, we're talking about an album where the first song is about chopping off somebody's head and using their eyes as like <laughs> dials on a on a TV. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, if you don't like it, get Go it. Go suck eggs. Come on. Um, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, their later albums. Uh, if you don't like the production on this, you, you might like their later records, but uh, thumbs up on the cramps. Come on, guys. Thumbs up on the cramps.
1: Yeah, that's great.
4: Listen to more cramps. I agree. I love yeah. it. This is so great.
0: Yeah, I love it.
4: Take me to sex church.
0: Ever. I The the cramps is also, uh, just like the, that uh, review said, was sort of a litmus test for me <laughs> uh, in a couple instances when people were talking about you know, starting a band or something like that. <laughs> and I'd say, how do you feel about the cramps? Uh, or how do you feel about this band versus the cramps? I can't remember what, you know, I'd say Pink Floyd or something like that. And, you know, it it, it definitely has something that I just identify. I, I This just does it for me.
2: He loves the cramps.
0: Yeah. He's cramped. <laughs> <laughs> Cramp stomped. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn stone. laughs> Alright, next time we'll be talking about Dead Kennedy's fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. Fuck yes
4: Ooh. we will. All right, thanks <laughs>